minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I am Steve Furhatch, joined by Sarah Kelleher. Happy one year anniversary, my friend. I know. How cool is this? I think it's kind of lame, though, that Dusty wasn't able to join us on our one-year anniversary, but it's okay. We're going to carry on without him, and hopefully he's doing all right. I mean, did you really expect anything else from Dusty just to be like, hey, it's a one-year anniversary? Nah, nah, I'm too busy. That was legit his excuses. He's too busy to talk Packers football with us. But he's too busy because he's putting out so many articles and film. I call I call BS because I've seen him on Twitter like all day long. He's just been talking to people. He's been doing if he would have prioritized and done things properly and written his articles and made his videos and then then he can talk to people on Twitter. But no, he had to go and talk to people on Twitter all day long. And uh, yeah, so I, I hate him and I'm over it. You know, it. I might be holding on to some some resentment from the game on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> that kind of made me a little bit frustrated, and I don't think I've fully recovered from it yet because I'm still I'm still in like the the anger stage of um, getting over everything for the Packers season to be fully over. But what were uh, your minor? I don't. Did you have any takeaways from the game? I guess that's probably a better question. I literally wrote down here for my list of things to talk about tonight when it came to our recap. I said, that sucked. That That's all I have to say. <laughs> like, that really, really sucked. I don't – I think – I know you said you moved on to the stage of anger. I think I'm still in the state of disbelief that I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to acknowledge that it happened. And I would just like to suppress that memory in the back of my mind. So that really sucked. I mean, overall, I think it was a great year. I was not expecting them to do as well as they did, make it as far as they did with a first-year head coach and just all the changes that were going on. But, yeah, that game, it sucked, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm completely right there with you. It was it was pretty funny. I talked to my – so my mom called me on Monday after the game, and she's like, you know, how, how are you doing with everything? I was like, eh, you know, I'm fine. I, I didn't play in the game, so, I'm, you know, it's okay. It's like, well, you know, your dad thought it was kind of weird you didn't text him because my dad and I will text throughout the entire game talking about things that happened. And I just said, well, you know, there really wasn't a lot to text about. And so my mom kind of – this is a woman who never watches football. Like, I'm a, we would host Super Bowl parties every year when I was a kid, and she would go to Blockbuster and rent videos so she could go upstairs and watch them by herself. That's how much she likes football. So even on the Super Bowl, didn't care, wouldn't watch. She's like, you know, I thought it was kind of weird. It just seemed like the 49ers were able to kind of do whatever they want. And I was thinking, don't the Packers have defensive coaches? And I started laughing. I said, well, yeah, yeah, they do have defensive coaches. And she said, well, aren't they paid a lot of money to try to figure out what the other team is doing? <laughs> Start laughing. <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, they do. It's like, huh? It's like, I don't know. If maybe they need some new coaches. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> For my mother to be able to figure out that all this was going, on, I was like, I was like, oh wow. The, maybe it's a good thing the season's over at this point. <laughs> 
I mean, I think when anyone years from now asks you about that game and what you remember, you should just tell them that story. I think that's the perfect way to sum it up because, and I know we're going to touch a little on Lafleur's presser and what he said um, at his post or his postseason presser, but I mean, they just had no way to stop them or slow them down and they knew what was coming too. So that was just a total shock to me. They said that they had this game plan. I know Devontae Adams earlier in the week had said that they had a new plan and that he really liked it and it was ready to go. And I just really want to know what that looked like because it was a repeat of and almost even worse than what happened the first time they played in week 12. So I was just really shocked that it was as bad as it was and that they just really, really had no answers for them. Yeah, I was, it was, we all, we had talked about it the whole week leading up to it of, you know, there's a new game plan. We're all excited to see what he's got. He's going to break out. And it was just a legit repeat of the last game. So it sucked. I'm glad I don't have to watch it anymore. Let's move on. Let's move on because we can't, there's nothing good that's going to come about talking from the Ford from that game. So we're going to jump into a little bit of just NFL news because a few things happened today on Wednesday while we record this. The first is that Eli Manning has announced is is going to be announcing his retirement from the NFL. Um, and I just saw this legit before we started talking about it. He is now the he is officially the highest earner in NFL history. What? Yeah. $252 million. Wow. I would I would hang up the jersey if I were him too. If I, that was in my bank account, I would say. I, I think I would have went for one more one more year. Hey, you want to pay me to be a backup? Yeah, give me $10 million. That's cool. <laughs> uh, and crazy uh, crazy enough, you want to hear who you have any guesses at the number two highest paid player in the NFL history? I have no idea. If Eli Manning is number one, no idea. <laughs> throws, throws my whole world off. Who is it? That would be his brother, Peyton Manning. Oh my gosh. What a family. $249 million. Between the two of them, they have made half a billion dollars playing football. Just add that to the Manning family resume. They okay. already have the most accomplished family resume arguably in sports and now they can add another bullet on that list so good for them what good good and, and honestly who knows how much they made it while playing at tennessee and old miss i mean the, the bank accounts are padded <laughs> even more come on the ncaa has been corrupt what are you talking about <laughs> that would never happen they would never pay players in college uh, okay and then we're moving on to the sadder part of the News stories for the NFL, where there's now officially a police, uh, a warrant out for Antonio Brown's arrest for doing another stupid thing and posting it online. I, I, I have to say, normally, I if I am wrong about something, you know that I will fight you tooth and nail between you and Dusty and not, never want to admit that I'm actually wrong. But holy God, I am so happy that the Packers did not trade for Antonio Brown. Like this dude is a train wreck. He just causes havoc everywhere, and everybody was saying it. And I just, I, w- I still saw the talent above everything else. But oh my god, I'm so happy that he's not on the package or yep. was on the package. I'm proud of you, Steve, for at least admitting your wrongdoing and moving on <laughs> with it. I mean, that's all we can really say about that. We're not going to waste our time talking about Antonio Brown when 
We have a lot of Packers stuff to talk about, but thank you for admitting you're wrong. That will help me sleep at night. It happens like once a year, so yeah. I mean, figure out. Yeah, happy one-year Packaday <laughs> podcast to Dusty and I. <laughs> Steve this is your gift to you. I will admit I'm wrong once. Uh, <laughs> and don't get used to it because it doesn't happen a lot. I'll, I'll, this will be my one, and then next year I'll get another one. So I'll, I'll be patiently waiting. <laughs> well, uh, Matt LaFleur thinks he still has the right defensive coordinator in-house. Uh, came out today that Mike Patton will be retained as the defensive coordinator for 2020. What are your initial thoughts on this? Because, yeah. I mean, the, the, the season went well, but they got boat raced in the NFC Championship game. So, I mean, we know Twitter is going to be all over the damn place, but what are you thinking, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the right call to absolutely keep him on staff right now. I mean, he there was a lot of change going on with the Packers, and I think there was so much improvement in moments of improvement that we saw flash through this year. I mean, it was up and down at times. They were exposed at times. But it, it felt like it was moving in the right direction. I know for the second year in a row, they finished 18th again in the overall defense um, rankings. So that was the biggest red flag I think to me was that last year things looked like they were so bad and this year things looked like they were better but they still weren't as great as they could be but it's kind of a double-edged sword because at the same time they kept the Packers in games a lot of times with their defensive performance and even though they weren't the best that means that they still have a lot of room to improve and what can they do now if you know if they were 18th again this year but it already was you know, keeping them in games a little more than in the past. You know, what if they move up, you know, to 10th or 11th, just a few spots up there? I mean, it could do wonders for this team. I think if next year they're ranked 18th again and we're seeing those same problems occur over and over again, or if, God forbid, I hope not, that they're worse than um, statistically and as far as, you know, points allowed and yards and especially in the run game, how many, you know, rush yards they're giving up. Then I think you raise the question, is this our is this our guy? I definitely think that this year they took care of in a lot of places that were sore spots before finding the right guys in Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith in um, the offseason. So, OK, now we have your leaders on your defense. You filled some of the key roles. I know that there's still some roles to fill. Now let's regroup. They've played a lot of these guys have played together now and they are really a close group and see what happens. And I think next year, if you're seeing the same issues, then absolutely. This is a conversation that um, the organization has to have. But right now, I think it's the right move to keep them. I completely agree with you. I think it was some of the stats weren't the best in the world, but I mean, their scoring defense improved. Uh, they, they gave up some more yards per game from the year before. I mean, it was kind of up and down around there, but they were all about the same. And I, I just think that if you, if you have guys like Cairo Fackrell, if you guys have like, like Lancaster, like th- those are just guys. I mean, they're still missing pieces. They're missing field tilting pieces outside of the Smiths that they brought in. Um, I love Adrian Amos. I don't think he's a field tilter. I think he's a way improved on the safety level as to what we had in the past. Um, I think Savage potentially could get there, but he's still a rookie. Um, Like you saw him flying around, but you also saw him take some bad angles and you saw him be a rookie safety. So year two, I'm hoping that improves, but he had a 
inside linebacker, <laughs> mm-hmm. literally one. And even then, like people hated Blake Martinez. I mean, I think he was a talented player, but he's not. You watch that 49ers game. We don't have the Packers do not have any inside linebackers or any any inside linebackers that even remotely look like anything the 49ers have. Those guys were flying to the ball. They had speed upon speed, which is what you want an inside linebacker position. And I don't know if you know this, Sarah, but I've kind of been pining for an inside linebacker for the Packers for a couple of years. Kind of mm. talked about it once or twice on this podcast. I don't know if you know Never. that. Have I ever heard you say that? That's mm. crazy. And now all of a sudden people are like, oh, the Packers need an inside linebacker. Like, hey, welcome to my world. I've been discussing this for years. Nobody listens to me. Um, but overall, yeah, I think he's going to be – you give him another year and you get another weapon or two for him. Like I think the Packers will, with all their cap room, you know, they'll sign a couple of guys on their own that are – you know, Kenny Clark should get the extension. Um, a couple other guys will bring back. But, I mean, there's a, actually a couple decent inside linebackers. Uh, Corey Littleton, Danny Trevathan are both out there. I know people have been talking to link them to the Packers just because of the need. But it's it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really excited to see what, what Gutekunst will do this offseason, if he's going to bring in another outside weapon for Rodgers, if he's going to – what kind of weapons he wants to bring to the defense through free agency and – get them a, a more complete defense than uh, what they've got right now. So that uh, that news actually came out right after the Matt LaFleur uh, end of the year press conference. So it was, I mean, it was a long press conference. It was like 30 plus minutes, I believe. But the one thing I, I really enjoyed was Matt LaFleur actually seemed to have a little bit of a personality through it, which was kind of fun as opposed to boring by design, Mike McCarthy. So we're just going to hit a couple of the, the bigger things that we both heard from there. So Sarah, what's, what's one of the quotes that you, that really stood out to you during his press conference? One of the quotes that was right at the beginning. And um, it was LaFleur said he was disappointed in the performance straight up said he was disappointed in the package performance and that they didn't seem to have the same energy and effort that they did in other games. And I credit to him for calling them out like that, because I absolutely agree. I remember sitting at my TV watching and, it was almost like I was saying to myself, why aren't they trying? It doesn't even look like they're trying from the moment the game started. And I think so many times this year we saw this new kind of new life come to the Packers at times. I know Aaron Rodgers had said a couple weeks or actually I think he said it after the game on Sunday that this year football felt fun for him again. He said he'll remember the season because it, it became fun again. And you would see that so many times. And I did not get that vibe. Sunday. So that was really interesting to me that he felt like there wasn't any effort. And I want to know why. That was the game that they should have been putting their everything into. The biggest game of the year. They've been trying to get back to that point since 2016. So I just really want to know why. And I I know someone asked him and he said, you know, he didn't have those answers and we never will have those answers. But it really just blew my mind that um, there was that lack of effort, and I was really happy that he addressed that, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of a breath of fresh air where a coach actually will admit to it. Normally it's like, oh, no, you know, our guys were really trying really hard, just game plan wasn't the best in the world, or he'll take blame for a lot of that stuff, fall on the grenade. But that's like it's okay to call out the players that are getting paid millions and millions of dollars and say, you know what? They didn't bring their A game today. I don't know what we need to do to fix that. We're going to try to figure that out eventually, but it wasn't there and they didn't do everything they needed to do. 
so I don't like that. That's pretty cool. I, I completely agree. One of the uh, one of the things that stood out to me I saw was when they he was asked about adding a young quarterback in free agency or the draft, and his response was, "If there is somebody there, I think you have to go to take a chance at it. You can never have enough great quarterbacks. There's not enough of them out there, and it's. I mean, this is just throwing." Um, gasoline on top of an already burning fire because people have after the the conference championship game people are already calling for Aaron Rodgers to like be gone which is so dumb just so dumb like hey yeah let's get rid of Aaron Rodgers put ourselves in cap hell and <laughs> then and then have like a rookie quarterback no that seems like a really really good idea for the Packers um, but I just found it fascinating that that's that's it makes sense because at some point I don't I know Andy's going to curse my name for this, but I don't believe that Tim Boyle is the quarterback of the future for the Packers. I don't think the quarterback of the future for the Packers is on the on the team right now. So this will be Steve's last episode of the <laughs> by the way. Well, that's providing that Andy actually listens to this. So I mean, he's he's very busy not eating like 33 out of 40 foods from some weird list on the internet. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, I just found it fascinating. Like that's that mean that to me that means they're going to be looking in the draft for somebody. They're they're potentially looking at free agents that could have uh, some young free agents that might be out there. So I would not be shocked if a third to fourth round pick was used on a quarterback this year. That would not shock me. It would shock me if it was a first or second round pick. I don't think they're in the same spot that they were when Rodgers was drafted with Favre because they didn't know. And Rodgers has been insistent he wants to play into his 40s. So he's got a contract that will go for another three years after this one. So I think this is potentially right around the time where you can throw a mid-level draft pick at it. So um, that will be a fun thing to watch throughout the offseason. What was your next takeaway? My next takeaway, it was kind of just a – a quote that I laughed at that I enjoyed and appreciated was um, one uh, one of the reporters asked, you know, coach, if he was going to stay in Green Bay for the offseason. And he kind of chuckled and said, was that a trick question? Am I not supposed to be here? Do you think I'm going somewhere else? <laughs> and then he laughed about it and said, you know, some people ask me what I'm going to do now that it's the offseason and I have so much time and free time here. And I just laugh because I tell them I'm going to work every day. All I'm going to do is work. And I really appreciated that because and he went on to explain how he really just sees all the areas after you know, being a head coach for the first time in year one that he can improve himself, that the team can improve, that the staff can improve. And I really appreciated that. I think it is absolutely fantastic when you have a coach that sees what you need to fix and is not afraid to call out those things and then work, like he said, every day, even in the offseason to try to fix them. That is who you want as your head coach. And it just really made me appreciate him more than I already do. And I just thought it was funny, too, how he thought it was a trick question at first. But <laughs> a, little, yeah. a little bit of that personality that we were talking yeah. about, that was uh, like, what did, yeah, did you think I was leaving? Like, no, no, we're here. If you didn't get a chance to watch the press conference yet, I would definitely watch it. It's a longer one. It's about 30 minutes long, but I watched it while I was eating dinner and it was really interesting just to hear his perspective, especially, you know, after year one. I think he said, too, that this was the first time he was going into year two, right? Yeah, with the same 
um, organization. So I think that shows his ability to grow and that he wants that growth. And hopefully the team, you know, follows suit with that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, he's going to be able to grow as a coach when, when, you know, he's got those year two players that are going to be growing as well and hopefully taking leaps and bounds. So looking for him to hopefully get even better as a play caller and everything like that. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch. The only other thing, the the biggest quote uh, that I took away from the whole thing was the 49ers running um, on the Packers. And this one was, it was, it was shocking because he said this and then he didn't immediately in his presser confirm that Petten would be back. So that led to all this speculation. And then a couple hours later, everybody said, everybody found out that Petten was going to be back. But he said, this was his quote on the 49ers running. We knew exactly what they were going to try to do for them to be able to do that was extremely disappointing. So, I mean, you sit there like, wait a minute. So you knew exactly how you felt the the 49ers were going to run the ball. You knew that's what they wanted to do and you just couldn't stop them like at all. And then being, and then Mike Pat and then saying like, is Mike Patton going to be back? It's like, yeah, we're, that's still a conversation we need to have. Ah, man, it was, uh, I mean, I love, again, we talked about it, but I love the honesty. Like that is something that we haven't had in a while in the Packers, whether it's from the GM, whether it's from the coach, it was all just, you know, coach speak, GM speak, even when Ted Thompson did speak. Um, so all the honesty from him, I loved it. It's It was still a little shocking that he said that kind of stuff. And then Petten was immediately brought back. But it's a, it's a breath of fresh air from the Packers, and, and I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm totally on board with it, and I'm really excited to see what they do next. So we normally would do the Packers offense versus whatever defense uh, throughout the entire season. It's always been a lot of fun because Dusty will go on for 75 minutes and talk about, you know, DVOAs and screen percentages and whatever the hell he talks about. I don't know. I normally mute him and I can just as soon as he's done talking, then I'll unmute and it's fine. But without Dusty, we uh, we decided what we're going to do is talk about some of the biggest needs for the Packers offense coming into the offseason. So I think we both had kind of highlighted three areas. It's not hard to figure out what they are. But, Sarah, why don't you kind of go over uh, just basically what we think that the, the three big areas are for the, the biggest needs for the Packers offense. Definitely. So. You know, Steve and I talking before the show or before we recorded the show, it was really funny because we just were going through and we blurted out the same three at the same time. And we were like, yep, so, you know, <laughs> wide receiver, tight end and then the line. That's really the three areas of need. And we agreed that wide receiver, probably number one, tight end, probably two and then needs on the O-line, probably three. Um, of course, assuming that they re-sign Brian Blaga, if they do not, however, then that need moves its way up to number one really, really quickly. Um, and I think most of you listening will probably agree along the lines of that, unless you are one of the people that want Aaron Rodgers off this team and rookie quarterback. So I can't really <laughs> say more than that. But um, those, it's really simple. I mean, get Devontae Adams that support. He cannot do it all every game. I mean, he can. He, he does. He can. He can. So, you know, but. But we would like the ball spread around a little bit Exactly. More. And I think Alan Lazard was a great addition, and I think he could be a great three or you know, three guy or four at times. But then you remember next year, um, Q's coming back, um, and hopefully he'll 
stay healthy for the whole year. So if you throw him in the mix with Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams, and then one supporting cast member right after Devontae Adams, I think that's a pretty good mix that you'll have there. So hopefully they get that support that they need. And I don't know, Steve, if you want to talk a little bit about tight ends and what you're kind of hoping for there. Yeah, I mean, I think we we've all, on this on this episode of the podcast, we've all really been a fan of Jay Sternberger and thinking what he's going to happen, what's going to happen with him. Um, it'll be really interesting, I think, kind of crazy, but seeing if Jimmy Graham, you know, he put that post out on Twitter, I if he actually if he actually is retired or what? Like, I can't, I couldn't fully tell if that was a retirement or like I'm going to come back and try even harder next year. But it, it felt like a retirement. And technically, if he retires, the Packers would not, from what I understand, I could be wrong, but from what I've been reading, the Packers then don't have that extra three point whatever, like five, six million dollar cap hit as his dead cap. So then they would be they would be closer to in cutting Lane Taylor, then they would be closer to about forty six million dollars um, in cap space this year. So I think Jay Sternberger is the way to go. I would not mind having Mercedes Lewis come back. I think he was talented enough as a potential like two slash three. And then I would look at um, a, a free agent tight end. I mean, Austin, I believe it's Austin Hooper that everybody's kind of, you know, linking the Packers with. Look, I, I trust Gutekunst to go out and find somebody for a value that they think would help the team. But, I mean, if you're running Sternberger one, if you're bringing back Tanyan as a receiving tight end, that's a three slash four. And then you can add a veteran right in there that can compete for the one slash two. I think that could be a good spot for the Packers. Um, I would like to see them use a high draft pick on a wide receiver, bring in a veteran, and that way you've just got unbelievable competition but you have much higher talent than they had the last year so last year it was like oh there's seven spots and we got eight guys that are you know seven of them are undrafted i would like to see some high talent guys brought in you know a, a, a Devonte was a two i would like maybe a first or a second round draft pick committed to a wide receiver and then you bring in um somebody like robbie anderson who can fly on the outside give him eight or nine million dollars to do that outside of Devonta. I mean, there's there's so many different ways that this could go, like trading for a guy, whatever, but I don't think anybody can argue that they just need more playmakers on the on the offensive side of the ball. They've they've committed so much time and money and draft capital and free agency capital to the defensive side of the ball. It's about damn time that they give Aaron Rodgers some more weapons. So I think that will be the focus of this offseason, they did the defense last offseason, so hopefully they'll get some guys there. But, yeah, again, if if Brian Belaga is not signed, then I, then we can both completely agree. That becomes priority one is getting a starting right tackle. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's um, – I think that kind of wraps it up. We're going to keep this one a little bit shorter because everybody's depressed that the Packers aren't going to the Super Bowl. And nobody cares that there's going to be a couple of Packers in the Pro Bowl because the Pro Bowl is stupid. Um, it's in Orlando, though, aren't Are you going to go, Sarah? I'm not going to go. I never have gone, even though it's been here. But the last two years, it has poured the day of the Pro Bowl. And people I know that have gone have had a miserable time. Let me check. Hmm. It is not supposed to pour on Sunday as of right now, but we will see. I mean, I think it's, I mean, I'm glad that the guys that got 
the call up did, but I mean, how is Aaron Jones not in there? Let's let's be real. That I saw that today, and he is one of 13 players all time that has scored 23 touchdowns in a season. Like, and I get it, sometimes touchdowns can be circumstantial and some guys will get them some more extra. But, I mean, too, when you get 23 touchdowns, I, I, I'm sorry, he was better than Ezekiel this year. He was. He was just better than him this whole year. And the fact that it's just, yeah, whatever. It's a Pro Bowl. Don't care. Don't care. I actually saw, this is pretty cool, that uh, so the Cheesehead TV social team, they posted a Stephen A. Smith uh, meme about, uh, Aaron Jones not being in the Pro Bowl, and Aaron Jones retweeted Cheesehead TV's Stephen A. Smith meme. So I thought that was pretty funny because it <laughs> came on my timeline, and I'm like, oh, which, you know, one of our, our Cheesehead buddies retweeted this, and then it was said Aaron Jones 33. And uh, I was like, that was not what I was expecting, but that is even more awesome than I could have asked for. So pretty cool. Very cool. Uh, and also, it looks like tomorrow on ESPN Radio, uh, locally at least, uh, ESPN Milwaukee, ESPN Madison, Brian Bulaga is going to be on the show, uh, their morning show. So maybe we'll get some breaking news on his contract status there. So, yeah, okay, interesting. Uh, but yeah, we're going to do some closing thoughts. Do you have? Has anything popped in your head? I know you said you didn't have anything right away. No, I don't really have anything. I mean, shout out to Dusty. Hope he's doing all right. We, even though we don't like to admit, admit it, screw we, that guy. So. Dusty, you better be back next week if you're even listening, but I know you're busy, so you're probably not. But <laughs> it's been an awesome year with you guys, and I'm looking forward to another year of you know clowning around, talking about the Packers, and just having fun. So it's been really cool. Yeah, very exciting that this was our one-year anniversary of the show. I mean, I, I would kind of be fascinated to go back and listen to like that first couple episodes because I'm sure we were just very nice and cordial with each other. We weren't trying to be you know, jerks, but now that we're friends, like we don't really care about it and just feel free to give each other crap all the time, which is, I think it it proves to be a little bit more fun. Um, however, for my closing thought, I just, I think I've officially met my limit of just stupid, stupid takes on Twitter. Um, on just basically in sports in general of everybody has to be out there. They have to put out the biggest, most boldest take that they can. And if it's right in five years, then it's okay. And then if it's not right in five years, nobody will remember it. So, but in five years of it, if I say something is so bold, so crazy, like, Oh, I don't know. Like Max Kellerman came out and said, Patrick Mahomes is the most, uh, is the, is the greatest quarterback of all time after two seasons. Uh, he can come back, you know, in five, six years. If, if Mahomes is continually doing those things, then he'd be like, look, I was the first one to say this. I am so smart, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I'm just, I'm tired of it all. I saw another take where Matt LaFleur had the uh, worst coached uh, championship game of all time. Of all time, he was the worst coached uh for this game against the 49ers. Like, I'm sorry. I can think of multiple ones. I believe uh, when the Packers went to the Super Bowl, didn't they beat Carolina like 41 nothing? Um, when Minnesota went to the championship game in 2017, I believe they got smoked by 31 points. I mean, I can think of multiple ones, and that's just off the top of my head. If you wanted me to do a deeper dive, I'm sure I could and find some bigger blowouts. So, I just, like, I... 
the whole thing about like trying to be the smartest person in the room when it's Twitter and there's seven seven million people like I, uh, I, it blows my mind. Um, so I would tell you before you try try to tweet your your hottest take of all time, like take a minute, think about it. Is this the stupidest thing I've ever said? It might be. Then don't tweet it. So, you know, life lessons for everybody. That's what I'm trying to hand out here. But that's all I got. That's all I got, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to be woke, and Steve doesn't want you to be woke. That's pretty much what I got from that. (laughs) I'm not really sure what woke means, so we'll we'll move past. That's that's the old millennial versus old person thing, so... Uh, but yeah, that that that'll wrap it up. We can we can wrap it up there because who the hell knows what I'm talking about anyway. Um, all right, well we'll be back next week. Uh, do we have a topic? Do we know? Have we been assigned anything just yet? Have not looked yet. Um, but I'm sure we will have a topic next week, and it'll be something fun that we can look for since it is the wonderful for the Packers off season. Mm-hmm. Well, we, you guys, you guys are lucky that Sarah did come on the show because apparently I have now been told through the higher ups of Andy that if I ever want to discuss Packers and the uniform changes that need to be made, I'm only allowed to do it when Dusty and Sarah are both gone. So if I'm ever hosting by myself, you guys be prepared for some crazy stuff because then, that, then I can finally like throw out all my my uh, takes on the Packers uniform. So you're welcome, everyone. I yeah, spared I you from from having to listen to that. <laughs> it would have been good. I had lots. Of, I have lots of research. Don't don't you worry. Don't you worry. Okay. One time in the off season, it'll happen. Like you'll get sick and Dusty will just be like, "Nah, I want to watch the world burn, so I'm gonna let him do this," and then my whole Twitter feed will just go insane. But it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Something for everybody to look forward to in the off season. So, all right, Sarah, we will catch you catch you next week. Hopefully, Dusty will be back if he's not too busy to join us. Who knows uh, with that guy anymore? <laughs> but uh, it was fun. It, it made me feel a little bit better about the Packers, I guess. It's quite therapeutic at times. Yeah, yeah, it made me feel a little bit better. So appreciate that. We will be back next week to talk everything Packers. Make sure you follow all of us on Twitter at Sarah Kelleher four at Dusty Evely at Steve Peratch, and of course at Packaday Podcast. But that's a wrap for us. We will catch you guys next week. And as always, go Pack, go.